Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right. Well, tomorrow, tomorrow then, I, I won't be talking about the main police. Probably. It's your Yahoo Sports Canada Daily Podcast for Thursday, November 21st. But first, sports. Good morning, Canada. Thank you for tuning in with me. Holy crap. The Toronto Maple Leafs fired Mike Babcock yesterday. I'll be talking with Justin Cuthbert about that in just one moment. There are some other things that also happened. The Raptors cruise to a win over the Orlando Magic. We have a spitting suspension in the NHL, and maybe Bianca Andreescu has another trophy or two on the way to cap off her season. But first, before I talk to Justin Cuthbert about the enormous news about Mike Babcock's firing and Sheldon Keefe being the new head coach of the Maple Leafs, I have to address something that I myself said on this show yesterday. I repeatedly promised to you, the listener, that I would not talk about the Maple Leafs today. And yet, here I am to show attrition and to show uh, transparency. Here is a collection of clips of me lying to you and being wrong from yesterday's show. And lastly, I promise, I promise you this is the last angle I talk about before I talk about anything with the Maple Leafs for a little while. I promise you this. I swear to you, I will not talk about the Maple Leafs on this show tomorrow for my own sake, if nothing else. I mean, I can assure you the tension will be a lot lower tomorrow than it was today. What am I supposed to do? They fired the coach. I am left with no option. A bombshell piece of news to disrupt an otherwise quiet Wednesday afternoon in Arizona. Let's get right into it. Cuthbert, what did you think of the timing of the move? first and foremost, in the middle of a road trip while they are in Arizona. I, th- I think Pittsburgh was really sort of the rock bottom game, but it didn't happen that night. Maybe for reasons that have that have to do with the Hall of Fame induction of not wanting to be disruptive there. I think that's a little silly, really, um, to, to wait on that decision when it's such an important decision. It actually could have buried it a little bit more uh, if it was made over the weekend, but I think that might have sort of had to do with it because it was at least a competitive loss versus Vegas. Um, but it is a bit of a weird timing. Obviously, uh, I think this is a desperate attempt to salvage the season. They're at the point, obviously, where they're, they can't throw away too many more games. And they believe that Sheldon Keefe is, a, is the answer. And I think they've felt that way for a little while now. So I guess it had to happen sooner or later. Uh, strange in the middle of a West Coast road trip. Strange after a decent effort. Um, but I think we kind of know why. Uh, just an, obviously a just horrific start. Uh, and some other factors that, at play. But I think Pittsburgh was definitely rock bottom, and, and it played out from there. With Pittsburgh being sort of that straw that broke the camel's back, what do you think when you look at it? What do you think were the biggest factors working against Babcock in, in sort of this decision getting to where it got to? Honestly, I think it's the philosophical divide between him and Kyle Dubas. I think 
Um, Babcock really, really wanted to coach a team in a certain way. I think he was pushed a little bit on that because his job security came up at the end of last year. But I think in the end, he just didn't have the ability to adapt. I mean, there's these really simple things like, you know, throwing a fourth line out after scoring a goal for just to just, you know, not give up something on the next shift, which doesn't really make much sense to me. Uh, the usage of the backups, you know, Tyson Berry, these are all really trivial matters. I think there are some deep rooted problems here with Babcock not being able to implement his system with a team that is all about skill first, creativity and speed. I mean, we've seen the best of Babcock when he had the very best players on the planet on his roster where he could just play that puck possession game and dominate um, defensively because they had all these horses up front who just own the puck. I mean, that's not a reality in the NHL anymore. You're not going to have teams that can do that. And especially with the Maple Leafs who play, um, who do, just don't play that heavy puck possession style where you force turnovers with physicality over uh, just skill and, you know, speed and what have you. So I think um, really that's ultimately what happened. I, I'm not sure how much I believe that the players weren't playing for him. I think there might be some elements to that, but I think it's really just born out of frustration. This wasn't working. I think he knew that. I think the players knew that. And ultimately management came to that same decision. We switch our focus to Sheldon Keefe. Uh, A lot of talk and he's been made out to be a dubious guy. What exactly do you take that to mean? And what can we expect from him in terms of differences in, in play style or philosophy with the exact same roster that Mike Babcock was just running? Well, he's made up to be the exact opposite, right? I think everything that Dubas wants to see in a head coach, that's what Sheldon Keefe possesses. I mean, he's been, he's been within an arm's reach um, for many, many years now through many different levels because he thinks and teaches the game the same way that Dubas would like to see it uh, played and taught. So I think that's very, very important. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to translate to success, um, but I do think there's going to be less of a disconnect. Um, and that's very important. And you cannot uh, you cannot sort of question Keith as a coach with what he's done, I guess, um, with his teams recently, uh, winning the Calder Cup, going on unexpected runs. He has at a competitive advantage at the American Hockey League level because uh, the Maple Leafs are willing to spend when other teams aren't. Um, but results are results. And Sheldon Keith has got them. He has a lot of familiarity with the players on the Maple Leafs. I believe there's between 12 and 14 players that he's coached already. So um, they have a good working relationship already. Uh, so that should be seamless in that regard. But he doesn't have any experience with the big guys like Matthews or or John Tavares or Mitch Marner. So that's going to take a little time, perhaps. Um, but we should see a team that is designed and um deployed uh, in the similar fashion. And I think that is definitely important because that's what was uh, holding Babcock back, I think. Obviously, there's a lot more to coaching the Toronto Maple Leafs than just the on-ice stuff. There is a lot of media responsibilities and a lot more external factors. As Mike Babcock himself once said, he would not coach here if his kids were younger. How do you expect Keefe to handle that side of being the head coach of the Maple Leafs? Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in finding out. I mean, the one thing I will miss about Babcock is that um, he was quotable. He was interesting. He told you exactly how he thought. Uh, and more often than not, within his first few answers, he sort of relayed his agenda for that day. I mean, he always had something to say, and he would find a way to say it pretty much every time he stepped in front of the media. Uh, 
I've never I've never been a part of a, a Sheldon Keefe scrum or pref con- press conference, um, but I hear he's very enlightening and very honest and, and open with the guys uh, who have worked at the Marley's level. So it should be interesting to see how he approaches all that. Um, there is an emphasis from the organization to be sort of personable, honest, and open uh, in those discussions. Um, I'm, it's too bad it happened on the road because I'd be looking forward to um, being there for that first uh, introduction with Keith. But unfortunately, that'll happen in Arizona. And finally, Keith will be put to the test right away tonight against the Arizona Coyotes. In the short term, in a, in a very first game example, what are you looking for? in terms of what Keefe can do differently right out of the gate to differentiate himself from how Mike Babcock coached and deployed basically this exact same lineup. Well, well, what I would expect is the big guys to get a lot of ice. I'd see Matthews and um, John Tavares to really be leading the way from a usage perspective, um, just because I think that's sort of what he has to do to sort of feel things out. But I think the one guy who you might see the biggest difference is, is Tyson Berry. I mean, I think Babcock was in his head a little bit because uh, this is a player that just did not show anything uh, that he did in Colorado uh, for the past few, few seasons because I think it was sort of this paralysis by analysis thing where he was just so uh, in his head and, and frustrated by his lack of results. And I, I, don't, I know that's not going to be solved overnight, but maybe with a new, new coach, some new guidance, uh, maybe the lease is off a little bit and he just sort of um, plays without sort of ha- having those expectations bestowed upon him from a defensive and structural perspective. So uh, he's sort of the most representative of the disconnect between Dubas and, and the coaching staff as it was um, because Barry's that player who's um, – who's who sort of leads through creativity and speed and skill and it's not necessarily the best when he's in a simple structure so uh, i think my eyes will be on him for sure maple leafs and coyotes gets underway just after 9 p.m tonight the first game of the sheldon keefe era the road trip continues with a trip to colorado on saturday and then detroit on wednesday the Toronto Maple Leafs start off with Sheldon Keefe as head coach. Unbelievable. Just an unbelievable. One of those unbelievable news days. Well, in tune with what I was really, honestly, very much planning on talking about today on this show, it really was my plan, I swear. The Toronto Raptors handled business last night at home against the Orlando Magic. 113-97, the win. Raptors took a 10-point lead into the half and kept it up pretty much the whole way against a sub-500 Magic team, taking care of weaker opponents and leaving no doubt that is just what this Raptors team does. As has been the story in the last month or so, a variety of players stepped up in big moments in this one. Fed Van Vliet led all Raptors scorers. He had 24. Terrence Davis looked incredible. Undrafted. How? 19 points off the bench. Pascal Siakam had 18. A little bit quiet there. Another solid Norm game. He had 15. Chris Boucher had 14. That is five Raptors in double figures, including two guys from the bench. The defense, too smothering. The offense, too effective. A recipe for a successful night for the Raptors in this one. Very little doubt left as to who currently stands as a better team. Another feel-good win for the Raptors' depth. They entered November. I would say the biggest question mark for this team was the depth, and now on a nightly basis, it seems, we are seeing performances from at least one and really usually two or three different members of that bench, Bench Mob 2.0, pulling their weight 
when called upon. And now we are at a point, just a few weeks later, just a few weeks from all those questions, the starters, when they're having a down night, somebody on the bench is ready to go and provide. What a luxury. Davis, Boucher, and Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, who everybody loves, they were all plus 21 or plus 22 on the night. A huge contribution to pick up even the slightest bit of slack. And the good news gets better on the health front and the depth front. Nick Nurse hinted before the game that Serge Ibaka could be ready to go as early as this weekend. The Raptors in Atlanta on Saturday to take on the Hawks, having Ibaka back in the fold for that one. That alleviates some of the workload on Marc Gasol, who has been asked to do a lot early on as well. It allows them to maybe build some interesting lineup combos. We've seen Chris Boucher really have some impact lately. Maybe he slides in. We see some interesting looks. Speaking of looks, I will miss seeing Serge's courtside fashion if he returns to the lineup. He's been killing it on the sidelines. Every day is fashion week when you're Serge Ibaka. Back to the NHL for just a second. Garnet Hathaway of the Washington Capitals suspended three games for spitting on an opponent. Thanks to the beauty of high-definition slow-motion video, you can see him hawk a huge loogie right at Anaheim Ducks defenseman Eric Goodbranson. He threw the spit in response to a bit of a sucker punch in the tie-up, but really, you can't spit on people. Not not complicated. You just, you just can't do it. Uh, and finally, Bianca Andreescu, and I gotta tell you, before the Babcock thing, I had this whole section planned out. I was going to talk about how good Canada is doing in the Davis Cup. They won their group. They're looking great, heading into the corners. Denis Shapovalov having an awesome fall run right now, maybe setting up for a strong 2020. I swear to you, I had like eight minutes on this. I was going to talk about tennis a lot. I had an interview and everything, but the Leafs, always the Leafs. Anyway, Bianca Andreescu nominated for a pair of WTA year-end awards, the 19-year-old up for Newcomer of the Year and Player of the Year, a deserving honor for just a crazy season that saw her go from 150 all the way up to number four with wins at Indian Wells, the Rogers Cup, and of course the U.S. Open. You gotta think, newcomer of the year, it's a lock. And the Lou Marsh Award for Canada's Best Athlete probably is two this year. We will find out all of those at a later date. As for this date, that is all the time that I have this morning. Another crazy one, and it's the Maple Leafs' fault again. No promises this time about what I will or won't talk about tomorrow morning, other than to say this. I promise. I will talk about whatever the biggest deal is because who even knows anymore what that will be? You got to love sports for that very reason. Unpredictable. And in the meantime, woo, keep your head up. You never know what piece of news is on the way. All you can do is stay ready and enjoy your Thursday. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.